Good morning. Scripture for this morning is 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and by blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Thank you, Father, and bless the reading of your word. Assist us by your spirit to see Jesus and live our lives worthy of his name. We pray that in his name. Amen. Hey, thank you, Laura. Thank you, Ben. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is, as you can see, our annual Jersey Sunday. And uh, finally decided this morning, okay, I'm going to wear this Husker shirt and my lucky Kentucky socks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I see a few Husker shirts out there. I see a lot of Kansas City shirts, Chicago Bears, New York Giants. And uh, what else we got out there? Creighton? What, what's that? I couldn't hear him. Dublin. Oh, yeah. What, what, you must be the University of Dublin, right? Or just some soccer team. All right. Any Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, shirts out there, fans, oh yeah, oh, some over here, okay. Um, anyway, and I want to say hello to all of you who are worshiping in line, and I want you to know that I imagine all of you wearing Spider-Man pajamas right now. <laughs> and if you are new uh, in the last couple weeks, I want you to know that uh, our church members recently voted to remain united in the United Methodist denomination. You know, the United Methodist Church is often called a big tent, because it accepts such a wide variety of beliefs and convictions. Uh, what was made so clear uh, three weeks ago is that Faith Westwood is, at least in some measure, a big tent, at least about some things. And that tells me that the United Methodist Church is the better choice for Faith Westwood. The vote was close to 50-50, but... We don't want to be a 50-50 church, divided church. That's why at 3 o'clock today in the student ministry room, we're having another, the third uh, session of reconciliation and healing. And, and I'm hoping, I'm planning to attend this one and uh, looking to see some of you there. So if you, if you want to come, you decide to come, use the west entrance, all right? And now I'd like for us, uh, before we get into the message, to, to pray for the people of Turkey and Syria. 
after that big earthquake. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, um, our, our hearts are, are heavy, broken, learning that that last count nearly 30,000 people have died from this earthquake. And many, many more are homeless. And Lord, we ask that you will awaken the nations to bring in aid and assistance. And Lord, will you especially inspire your people, Jesus' people all over the world, that that we can be a part of helping and be an expression of your kindness. In his name we pray, amen. About 20 years ago or so, um, a friend of ours made this bracelet and gave it to my wife, Tricia. And uh, the beads have this uh, repeating pattern, as a lot of you know, homemade things like this. She has three small blue beads and then a pearl and then a big uh, blue bead and then another pearl and it just keeps repeating that uh, series uh, pattern over and over and it reminds me a little bit of the book that we've been in and we've been learning here at Faith Westwood from the first letter of John and his writing style so uh, we've been doing that and, and uh, our series has been called If We Walk in the Light and today's message is called Faith Conquers uh, now last Sunday I shared that there are three beads uh, so to speak, that, that John keeps repeating these themes throughout the letter, walking in the light of God's truth, God's righteousness, and God's love. So, would you open your Bible with me? If, you, if you're here in, t- in the building, you've got a Bible in front of you, or you brought your own. Those of you at home, I hope you'll grab a Bible as well and follow along. Uh, John's been saying all along that we can know we belong to Jesus, and how we know is by walking in the light of God's truth, righteousness, and love. And, and we're going to need all three of those. Because if we leave any one of them out, you know, things are going to go wrong. Things are going to go bad. Uh, think of, of our life in Christ as a sailing ship, okay? If we leave out truth, it, we're like a ship without a rudder. And we don't know where we're going or what we believe. If we leave out righteousness, we're like a sinking ship because it leaks, And we sink because of our sinful choices. And if we leave out love, we're like a ship without sails that we need to give us power. The ship itself may be in good shape, but without love, we're not going anywhere. In the first two verses of chapter 5, John strings these three beads together once again. And he starts with truth. Verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So he's making a statement of fact. If you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, this world's rightful ruler, if you receive him as Lord and Savior, then you are born of God. You may or may not have had some kind of lightning bolt experience. It could be instant. It could be gradual. It doesn't matter. Uh, But you belong, when you believe, you belong to him. You are born again. You are born of the Spirit. You are born into God's family. Uh, scholar N.T. Wright translates it this way. You are fathered by God. And so that would be truth, the bead of truth. And then John adds another bead, and that is the bead of love in the rest of verse 1. He says, 
Everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. And who is the father's child? Well, in the most absolute sense, that would be Jesus. But it also means our sisters and brothers in the Lord, because they are also God's children. So uh, when you love God, you're going to love his kids. And then John connects that bead of love to the bead of righteousness. Verse 2, this is how we know we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. So we're, we're, we live a righteous life by doing what God says, by obeying his commands. Carrying out his commands then leads us to greater love for God, greater love for one another. And John wants us to know that this kind of life is not a burden. It is a joyful thing. It's not a heavy load that you carry. It's something that, that you know, you are carried through it. Uh, he, when you are born of God, he reroutes your desires. He gives you a hunger to know and do God's will. Verse 3 says, in fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Isn't that an amazing thing? The things that God wants you to do, they're not a burden. They, some of them may be hard, but they're also joyful. And John says we need to string together all three of these beads. We know, we know we belong to Jesus when we walk in the light of God's truth, righteousness, and love. And then we come to verses 4 and 5. And I want us to camp out here for a while, okay? Uh, look at these verses in the, in the Scripture, if you would, and you'll see the word overcome. It's used three times in verses 4 and 5. It's a translation of the Greek verb nikao. And, and John has used this word before a few times in the letter. Verses 4 and 5. And watch for that verb, that word overcome. Pardon me, overcome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. What are we overcoming? It says we are overcoming the world. And when John talks about the world, he means a culture that's opposed to God, that rejects Jesus, that rejects his people. We overcome them not by fighting against them or trying to destroy them or trying to force our faith upon them. We overcome them simply by staying faithful to the Lord. My friends, you are not meant to live a defeated life. You are not meant to live a weak life or an apathetic life or a passive life or a continually discouraged life. Jesus gives you everything you need to live a, a victorious life, a faithful life, a life that overcomes in this world. Did you know that? You know, last Sunday we looked at chapter 4, and in verse 4 it says that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. That's how we overcome, because God's presence lives within us. The Holy Spirit makes his home in us. So what does that look like when you overcome the world? Uh, you know, we could probably, every person here could probably give different examples of how we overcome the world. When you, for example, when you no longer let the world determine what you believe and what you like and who you like, 
When you dare to become weird because you belong to Jesus, you have overcome the world. When you give up something that the world says, well, you deserve that. And when you inconvenience yourself to be a blessing to others, you have overcome the world. When you make time in your day to be spiritually fed by God's word, you know the world's going to say, that's not important. You don't have time. But when you do that, you have overcome the world. When it would be easy just to fudge a few numbers on your tax return, but you refuse to sell your integrity for any price, you have overcome the world. When the world tells you that there is no difference between Buddha, Confucius, Moses, and Muhammad, and you continue to believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world, you have overcome the world. Three times here, uh, John uses that word nikao to overcome. And notice in verse 4, he uses this word victory. This is the victory. Translated from the Greek word nike. There we go. Uh, or as it's pronounced by a company in Beaverton, Oregon, Nike. You know, I remember in the late 70s uh, shopping for athletic shoes, and I saw this, this brand I'd never seen before, N-I-K-E. How do you pronounce it? And so I was at the shoe store, and there was this kid, maybe nine years old, and, and he was there, and I said, how do you pronounce this? He says, he says I, th- I think that uh, girls say Nike, but boys just say Nike. He didn't know either, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, Little did I know, I mean, I figured it was a Japanese name. I didn't know that it was named after the Greek goddess Nike. She was the goddess of victory, uh, worshipped by the ancient Greek athletes. And statues of, of the ancient goddess showed her with wings. Today, that Nike swoosh logo is reminiscent of the shape of her wings. But Nike can also just be a simple Greek word for victory. And John says that this is how we gain the victory that overcomes all of the world's influence upon us. It's through our faith. And then John says more about Jesus and and why we put our faith in him. So let's look at verse 6. He said, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. Now, We're going, what is going on here? What is this about? Now, the blood certainly refers to Jesus' death. But but John is correcting the claims of false teachers who said, well, they said Jesus didn't have a real human body. And John's saying, yeah, he did. We saw his blood. What about the water? Well, because it's John writing, some scholars point to the time in John's gospel where the soldiers, was, they were making sure that Jesus was dead on the cross, and they, they thrust a spear into his side. Now, if the spear had gone in just a little bit, he would have bled. But crucifixion uh, causes a slow suffocation. It's a torturous death. And, that, and this slow suffocation leads to a buildup of watery fluid around the heart and lungs. So if, if the spear pierces farther up into the heart and lungs, it will not only release blood, but also this watery fluid. And death 
would be certain. That may be the water and blood Jesus is, as John is talking about here. And there are some really smart scholars I trust who understand it this way. There are some other really smart scholars I trust who understand the water differently. They say the water refers to Jesus' baptism. You know, after all, John the baptizer said that he saw the Holy Spirit descend upon Jesus when he was baptized. It was a sign that Jesus was God's Son. Now, if I had to pick between these two ways of understanding what the water is, I would say that the water uh, and the blood means that Jesus was revealed to us from the beginning of his ministry at, the, at his baptism to the end of his ministry at his death. Now, one of the things you might notice as you're reading through the uh, first letter of John is how often the word know is used, K-N-O-W. It's used a whopping 37 times. This, this must be something really important to John. He wants his readers to be confident in their faith. He wants them to know they belong to Jesus. It's not a maybe, it's not an if. This is we want you to know. Now, why is it? John, John is overcoming this false teaching of Gnostic philosophy. And the word Gnostic comes from the Greek word to know. And these false teachers claimed to know secrets that other Christians didn't have, but they had, and they, others needed to know. And in verses 11 and 12, John is reminding them that you already know all you need to know to be secure in Christ. Verse 11, and this is the testimony. This is what you need to know. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now, eternal life in the Bible is not mostly about forever life, although that is part of it, okay? It is mostly about the kind of life we live, both in this present age and in the age to come when Jesus makes all things new. You see, Jesus gives us the ability to live the life of the age to come even now in the present age. And then in verse 12, we get this bold statement. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. These, these Gnostic teachers, they didn't know Jesus. They, they had made up their own Jesus. They did not believe the testimony of, of those who knew him and saw him and, and heard him and touched him. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And so I ask you all here today, all of you online, do you belong to Jesus? Do you know him? Do you believe that he is the son of God and the savior of the world? Have you begun life in him? In chapter 4, John says that God sent us his son. And I can take that to mean that God sent you his son. God sent you his son. And even now, He's there. He's calling you. 
He's inviting you. He's offering you a new kind of life. The life that is truly life. Some of you may say, yeah, I've kind of been hearing about this and thinking about it, and it's over there. It's kind of been on the side for a long time. Um, I didn't, haven't taken a step across. And I say, okay. I'm glad to know that you're interested, that you're curious. What are you waiting for? I would say, let today be the day. Is there going to be a better time? I don't think so. Let today be the day. Let's pray about it. Good and kind Father, um, maybe we walked in here today just sort of kind of close to this decision and other, others of us may say, wow, I was far away, but I think I'm really getting close now. And uh, so, Lord, we ask Jesus, you to, to, to claim us, name us as, as your people, that we can begin this new life that overcomes the world. Give us victory over the influences that would turn us into the, into the path of darkness. Lord, let us walk in your light. We want to we walk in your truth and your righteousness and love. Oh, Lord, pour the Holy Spirit into us. Even now, help us to experience your love and joy and peace. Oh, Lord, give us a deep assurance that we are yours, that we have eternal life that begins now and will continue on. And we pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus, who lived and died and rose again. Amen. And as we sing this song, if any of you want to come forward and stand or kneel at these steps and just have a little devoted time in prayer, just, just come. This, this whole worship center is yours. Uh, you're not locked into the pew if you don't want to be. If this is a place where you can have that moment uh, with the Lord to to connect, reconnect, to, to give yourself to him or to rededicate yourself to him. You're invited to come. Let's stand.